T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You want to pop in here for a couple minutes? I can say hello to you. Mr. Wanstead. Dave Wanstead. Shane, wake up. NFL head coach for 11 years. The Bears came in here and Dave Wanstead. There's a happy group of overachievers that have been well coached. College football national champion. A number of legends here tonight. Dave Wanstead. Super Bowl champion. Dave Wanstead, one of my, you know, really idols. Football analyst for NBC Sports Chicago. Alumnus David Wanstead returning to his alma mater as the 34th head football coach of the Panthers. He comes back from professional football. And this is the opening night for him on his return. And here comes the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. Brady Quinn, he's one of the Notre Dame all-time legends. Brady Quinn, team captain, junior, 6'4", 231-pounder, and he comes out of Dublin, Ohio. No, I'm Brady Quinn. He's Dublin, Ohio, boy. Yeah, let's go. Hell yeah. Brady Quinn looking to strike. Goes to the end zone. away and Notre Dame defeats Pittsburgh by a score of 42-21. So it all falls on the shoulders of Brady Quinn. He does get one more chance trying to pull it out for the Irish. I went to Quinn before the strike. He said, you got one in you, kid? And he goes, I always got one in me. Quinn pumps once. for the Irish today. It's our favorite time of the week with Dave Wanstead. Coach, hello. Well, I, I'm going to say hello. What was all that crap at the end with Notre Dame and Brady Quinn? and Who, who put that together? Tanny did because joining us now on the hotline presented by Circus Sports Illinois to spike the ball on you one more time is Brady Quinn. Hello, Brady. Well, gentlemen, thanks for having me. Coach Waddy, it's been a long time. How you doing? I'm doing great. I just, uh, this is my show here. And for them to play the Notre, my opening game when you kicked my ass is very disappointing to my crew of producers there, Brady. Nothing, uh, nothing personal with you, but uh, you know I love you. But yes, they kind of caught me off guard there. You know, I thought they would, uh, thought they'd play the game when we uh, beat Notre Dame in South Bend or something. You know, I don't yeah, know. Unfortunately, I, that was after that was after I left there, Coach. So unfortunately, yeah, it, we it couldn't was. do it that way. But hey, it uh, it, it's good to be talking to you. And I hung out with some of your uh, fellow Pitt alums last night, uh, Mr. Marino. Mr. Jumbo uh, Covert. So I, I told them that I'd be speaking with you today. 
And they said, you make sure you tell Wani we said hello. Yeah. Where were you at? What was going on? We had a charity event for the Gridiron Greats. Obviously, a great foundation helping out uh, former NFL players in need. So uh, we were at a, a nice golf club. Uh, obviously, that, that's how you get Mr. Marino out uh, to, yeah. to participate. And uh, it was a good old time. That's great. Brady, yeah, you do, continue to do a great job uh, with everything at Fox, you know, the college stuff. And I actually, I, and I've been saying this, even when I was still working there, I told everybody, I thought you did as, one of, as good a job as anybody we had doing games. You kept putting it, they kept putting you in the studio, but you just have a real knack for seeing things and being able to communicate it to fans. I mean, you, you really do a heck of a job in the studio, but people don't realize, I think you're even as good or better doing games. Really. I'm not giving you a, you know, a bunch of uh, BS here. You know, because I've said that to you. No, I know. And I, I appreciate you saying that. And, you know, it, it's one, some, sometimes, someday, it will get back to be able to do that. But, you know, as for now, um, you know, we're just trying to enjoy our time doing the, the big noon kickoff show and the pregame show and all that. It's been a lot of fun. But, um, you know, taking me back to the Notre Dame days, Notre Dame uh, days brings back a lot of memories in particular for uh, a guy like Shane Waldron who was on that staff and so it's just a small world now that, that Shane Waldron finds his way to Chicago Bears now as a new play caller Man, what, what was he doing I didn't know he was on who's who uh, he was with Charlie huh he was yeah and I don't know if this story is true or not you guys should try to ask him when you see him but supposedly he initially came uh, with with Charlie as coach Bill Belichick was kind of helping Charlie transition after they won the third Super Bowl together and uh, at some point, apparently Charlie asked Billy, said, hey, I, I like this Shane Waldron guy. Uh, do you mind if I just keep him? And I think Bill went ahead and said, yeah, why don't you just go ahead and hire him? You, you keep him with you guys. So I, I don't even know if Shane had, had heard or not, but he had already been hired and went through the formal interview process with Charlie Weiss uh, before he even realized it. And his, um, his, his coaching debut with, uh, with the fight in Irish had already started. Huh. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I, I, have, I don't know him really. Or much about, I mean, I know about him, but uh, I'll, I'll look forward to meeting him. You know, I do a lot of bear stuff there, and I'll be Eberflus and I got a real good relationship, so I'll get up there uh, for all their OTAs and training camp and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to talking to them, looking forward to seeing what they do at quarterback number one. Hey, what do you have you seen? If you, I mean, obviously, the game against Notre Dame. They got after Caleb Williams, you know, so that's probably not a fair question, but that was one of his worst games. If you took the Notre Dame game out, you've tracked him for a couple of years. What do you think of this kid out there? I mean, I still think he's the most talented in this draft class. Um, this year was a little bit troubling in the sense of, you know, it wasn't to me just a Notre Dame game. You know, the Utah game, they had a great game plan for him the past couple of seasons. Uh, Oregon, and even the Washington game, which was one of the tougher games. He actually played a little better in that one. But against the toughest defenses, he, he struggled this year, in particular when he got pressured. And I'm not sure right. if it's a byproduct of some of the change in personnel or his struggles as a quarterback, to, you know, as he develops, as he plays more. Uh, but when you look at his skill set, I mean, he's got an extremely strong arm. He's incredibly elusive. I mean, the guy, when he gets running, runs like a running back. And I think more so than anything else is he's the type of guy that elevates the level of play of everyone else out around him. The truth of the matter is Southern Cal's defense was God awful the past couple of seasons. And that's probably a barely bull eligible team without him at quarterback. That's why I'm so fascinated to see what Lincoln Riley does 
uh, this season without him because I think he really did fix a lot of the issues that Southern Cal had either defensively or, or just even offensively uh, with an offensive line that struggled mightily, too, to protect them. So, Brady, would you build around Justin or draft Caleb if you were Ryan Pulse? I mean, I, I'll put it this way. I'd, I'd build around Justin Fields, and it's not a knock or anything to, to Caleb Williams. I, I just think when you see what the Bears have done when they moved back in last year's draft and they, they supply Justin with more weapons around him, you see what he's capable of. And I think Ryan Poles has done an incredible job of finding guys, too, to come in right away, uh, make an impact, and also in subsequent rounds. So when I trade back, get a bounty, you know, bounty of picks and keep building this roster around the quarterback position uh, and allow Justin Fields to go play out and keep you know, proving to you that he's going to be your franchise guy. Um, you, know, you could bring in Caleb Williams, but you know, then you're starting back all over again with making sure you, you, if you see this young guy can prove himself. Yeah, I think Justin Fields has done an incredible job of fighting through a lot of adversity there in Chicago and showing you flashes of what he's capable of when you give him the right tools and pieces around him. Now, with that in mind, Brady, because you played the position big time in college and at the professional level, that's part of the juxtaposition that Chicago's going through right now because Justin has shown promise but that's part of where Ryan Poles has to figure out, can he be a Super Bowl-caliber QB? Where do you fall in on that? Because quarterback, to me, is kind of the most dependent position in sports while also being the most difficult to play at a high level. Without a doubt, and that's why I think situation and circumstances is, is you know, obviously paramount to anything for a quarterback, really any player, but it probably gets highlighted the most or revealed the most with a quarterback. And, and I think the situation now, whether it's Caleb Williams walking into this, this Bears roster or if it was Justin Fields as they continue to build, you know, it's much better suited when Justin Fields first got there. And so I, I think, the look, when you start to bring in the business aspect of things and, you know, when you got Justin Fields who's already been in the league now and you have to start thinking about, you know, that, that next big contract, yeah, you can make a case to take Caleb Williams, try to trade away Justin Fields, see what you can get in exchange for him. Uh, but I just think you already have a player who kind of gets the, the, the dynamics of the team. And I think it's best football still ahead of him. Uh, and with Shane Waldron in there kind of building the offense around him to call plays, I think also plays you know, to his strength and skill set. So, um, you know, again, I, I kind of look at what Ryan Poles has done since he's gotten there, and I think he's he's done a, a tremendous job getting more and more picks. Uh, if you're taking Caleb Williams there, that's great, but he still needs some, you know, some help too, and there's still going to be some growing pains as he segues into the NFL. You know, one of the things that, you know, there's not really anything to knock in his game. Honestly, he's, he's a complete player as a you know, quarterback prospect. But one thing that you want to see him do is play more from the pocket with timing, rhythm, uh, where, you know, in, in Southern Cal, you didn't see that quite as much in part because the protection was so bad. And the other thing is, you know, with, with you know, the type of offense that Lincoln Riley runs, it's not, you know, quite the same transition as what you're going to see at the NFL level. Brady, thank you so much for the time. We know you got to run. We'd love to do it again when you have a little bit more time. But uh, it was fun to hear you spike the ball on Dave Wanstead's Pitt Panthers one more time. Thank you, sir. <laughs> I was going to say, you guys really put a lot into that. I've got to go coach my, uh, my, my girl's soccer game right now, so I appreciate you guys giving me some time. All right, Thanks, we'll Brady. talk to you, man. That's Brady Quinn. Hey, Brady. Hey, Dave, good interview. Was it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, he had a little, little jocularity at the front end, got to the important stuff with Caleb uh, on the back I, end. I'm a little di- – I'm a little – we're Spigs, first of all. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, Spigs is not here. Biggs is not there answering. I got it. Um, you know what? I'm sitting here with Whitey in Naples, Florida. Of course. And uh, Whitey's done for for a little spell here, Gosh. and it kind of caught us because Whitey, you know, we kind he kind of feels like about Notre Dame like I do, and uh, 
Brady, no, Brady is a, I'm, I mean, I love Brady. You know, we're, we're, we're good friends and all that stuff, work together. But uh, the Notre Dame stuff, Shane or Tanley did not give me a heads up. So it caught me off guard. I'll be honest with you. Well, you knew that Brady Quinn was coming on, though. Did Shane tell me that? I don't know. I mean, I, I called you to see if you guys knew each other, but I don't think I ever told you for sure. We want it to be a little bit of a surprise. Oh, wow. Okay. Did you, did you at really say that I know him? Now think about that, Shane. <laughs> Who don't I know? <laughs> it's true. It's a valid question. It's true. Yeah. You doing a 5 p.m. Bloody Mary, Coach? I am. Whitey and I were sitting here, and we were deciding what we were going to have a cocktail with, and uh, he said there was some Bloody Mary mix in there. Why don't we have a little vodka and Bloody Mary? So I said, you know, that sounds like a plan. How so much spice, are. Coach? How much spice you put in your Bloody Mary? None. Zero. Zero. I'm not. Uh, no, no. I, I don't. I don't. I, I don't add a whole lot to it. You know. Just vodka, Keep, vodka, and tomato <laughs> juice. Vodka and tomato <laughs> sounds good. Keep it simple. A lot of ice. A lot of ice, Ham. More or less ice than you put in your beer. Hey, how about uh, Belichick? Man, we got lost. Did you see where Atlanta just hired Raheem Morris? Yeah, no. Good transition. Yeah, uh, Bill Belichick interviewed twice for the Falcons job, and then they hired Raheem Morris. What do you make of it? Well, I'm shocked that Bill would even go in for a second interview. What the heck is that? Are you kidding me? You're going to bring Bill Belichick in for a second interview? It's insulting in my mind. I mean, go ahead. Good luck. That's what I say. What do you, So, I can't imagine. Maybe I'm wrong. I cannot imagine that they, like, chose Raheem Morris over Bill Belichick. Like, my, my perception would be that Bill Belichick would be interviewing the Falcons as much right. as as much as they are interviewing him, like I, ca- I cannot imagine Arthur Blank took a meeting with Raheem Morris and took a meeting with Bill Belichick and then took a second meeting with Bill Belichick and was like, you know, I think Raheem Morris is more qualified. My, my, yeah, no, right, that's, I, that's I not agree. what happened. No, I I agree. With you. I, I'm sure that Bill uh, Bill had some demands and maybe it was with the personnel end of it. Maybe it was with you know, I don't know, but I'm sure he had demands. Uh, because Bill, Bill's smart enough that he doesn't need to take the job. And, uh, you know, he probably had a quarterback. I would bet you that the quarterback discussion was a big part of that. You know, whether it's Ritter, the guy there, or whether it's making a trade for somebody, or whether it's moving up and drafting somebody. But I would be willing to bet that uh, that, that was a big part of the conversation and there, there could have been a philosophy difference. I, I don't know. I don't know, but we'll find out. And uh, you know the other one that got me? How about Vic Fangio saying, I've had enough and heading to Philadelphia? Yeah. I mean, the Eagles could certainly use them. <laughs> that defense needed oh. some, some fixing, and Fangio's been able to fix a few defenses over the years. But for, for, head, for head coaches, Dave, I mean, you know, whether it's Jim Harbaugh, now going to the Chargers and Bill Belichick kind of just being out there as a, a coaching free agent, when there's the the opportunity to seize as much control as possible, it, it seems like that doesn't normally work in, in a successful way, though. Do you think the modern coach can wear both hats, being the head coach and the personnel guy? No, no, I, I do not, and to answer your question. But I don't think Belichick really was demanding that. But I do know that he believes in the old school of, you know, if I'm going to cook the dinner, I want to make sure I get a chance to, you know, select the groceries for dinner. And 
So he, you know, to what extent, I don't know, but um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm surprised. That one got me. Fangio got me. I mean, God bless the guy that got the Carolina job from Tampa. I mean, he was a kind of a quarterback guy a year ago, and they moved him to Tampa, and he's a coordinator for one year, and now he's the head coach in the NFL. I mean, you know, God bless these guys. Times have changed, but uh, – uh, yeah, I, I guess if you got Sean McVay on your resume, you get a job. That's that's the first question they asked you. I don't know. Do you think bit, Do you think Bill Belichick would be good on TV? Oh boy. I think Pete Carroll would be outstanding. Bill, I don't know. I don't know if Bill's got the time for all the silliness we got to put up with, you know? <laughs> Seems like a pretty good gig. Yes, it'd be a great gig. But I think Pete Carroll, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised at some point if Pete Carroll doesn't end up out there in L.A. at Fox or something. You know, he's, he's a hero in L.A., not necessarily because of the Seahawks, but because of USC. You know, Liner and Reggie Bush and on and on and on. Uh, so I can see Pete doing it for sure uh, if he doesn't get a head coaching job. The one, you know, we're talking head coaches. The one that's a mystery to me is Mike Vrabel. I, I thought that Mike, you know, I saw how players responded to him. I know coaches that have worked for Mike. Uh, I mean, he got robbed when they, they traded uh, the receiver to Philadelphia. Uh, you know, I mean, that, that, that killed him two years ago. Remember they made that trade? Yeah, A.J. Uh, Brown trade, yeah. A.J. Brown, I mean, that was a killer and he stormed out of the draft room. Remember, right in the middle of the draft, the GM traded him for a second-round pick, and he got up and stormed out of the draft room, and it's and and the Titans have never been the same. So that's a little bit of a mystery why he hasn't uh, landed one of these jobs, to be honest with you. This has been viewed as one of the, the deepest kind of coaching carousels that we've seen where a guy like Mike Vrabel, who, who was so impressive in Tennessee – is a few notches below from a resume perspective with Belichick and Pete Carroll. I'm wondering with, with a guy like Pete Carroll, because we saw when the Bears hired John Fox, he was fresh off of kind of multiple different franchises. He had led to Super Bowl appearances, but then he got here to Chicago and it seemed like, all right, maybe he was kind of on his last legs as a, as a coach. How would you advise a team to sort of know that about a guy like Pete Carroll? Because it's one thing to still have energy and passion, but there's such commitment that's necessary to coach at a high level in the NFL. How do you think a team would know if a guy like Pete Carroll is still really that into it? Yeah, that, that's a good point. I mean, because there is, uh, uh, boy, I, I don't know. I, I think you just got to know enough people around him and, and get his, what's his blueprint? What's his plan going forward? I, I don't know if anybody really does know until they hired a guy, but uh Pete Carroll, you know, has an awful lot of pride in what he does. So I think you got to trust that the same with Belichick, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think the, these owners nowadays, they're hiring these, like I said, I talked about the guy from Tampa and I don't know, he might be a great coach. He might be the next Belichick, you know, but he's the head coach at Carolina right now. And uh, uh, it's just hard for me to believe that these guys getting this job are more qualified than a Mike Vrabel, but it's it's maybe what the owners want now. You know, they, they don't um, – they got to be comfortable. And owners are more vocal now than they've ever been in the league. So, um, 
It'll be interesting to see. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just it's just two jobs open now, right? It's Seattle and Washington. Is that right? Yeah, you guys would know more than me. I I don't know if anything else happened today or not, but uh, that's that's what I, I I think the guy at Detroit's got uh, the offensive coordinator. I think he's got the Washington job locked up, from what I'm told. Uh, that's what Boomer. That's what Boomer Esiason said. But I, I saw that they were bringing back Dan Quinn for a second interview. Yeah. I mean, but you, so you heard that from someone that wasn't Boomer that Ben Johnson's the next coach in Washington. Yep, yep, yep. That they, they got a good young. You know, the GM was assistant guy at San Francisco. I mean, they're going young. You know, they made a decision that they weren't going to get a Belichick or a guy that's that's at the end. So they're building young. They're building. Um, uh, you know, with the GM, they're and they're going that direction. I think with the coach. So, I mean, I like that. That's a young GM, young offensive head coach. Draft a quarterback second overall. Built, mm-hmm. built right. I mean, that that seems. I'm sorry. I'll ask a longer question so you can take a sip of your Bloody Mary. Uh, but that 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 seems like a pretty good formula. And then yes, right. I do. I, I, yeah, I I agree. I mean, it's. Uh, yeah, 100%. 100%. I, I, I like that, and I think they're going to get a guy that's, you know, Detroit, at least at least you're into the uh, conference championship games. If they, you know, who knows? They might be in the Super Bowl. You know, you don't know. So right. They're, 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 they do got to do something in Washington to be positive at the press conference. So, yeah, so he would he would fulfill that. Uh, he checked that box also, no question about it, you know. We have two great championship Sunday games, Lions and Niners and Chiefs and Ravens. We'll get Wani's thoughts with Ant Heron in for Speaks. Parkinson Spiegel on the score. Dave Wanstead. And I'm always available unless I'm doing something. Uh... With Parkinson Spiegel on 670 The Score. Dave Wanstead in Florida, Whitey riding shotgun. We already talked to Brady Quinn, Anthony Heron in for Speaks. Let's talk championship Sunday, coach. Uh, we'll do the NFC first, even though it's the later game, but just the AFC matchup just feels like such a heavyweight fight. What chances do you give the Lions of going to San Francisco and winning? Um, I give the Lions a big chance. I actually picked them to win this game. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you why. Now, the, the two things that concern me about the Lions, and I'll be very honest with you, Dan Campbell, that he keeps his emotions to himself. Uh, and by that, I mean, you know, he, he is such an emotional coach and it's what drives this team. But in a game like this, going for it on fourth down, not kicking the field goal, running that fake punt, whatever it might be, the trick play. I mean, all those things, he's got to be real careful, in my opinion, that he doesn't let his emotions cloud his mind and the same thing with Aaron Glenn their defensive coach you know Aaron Glenn I think is outstanding he should be interviewing for some jobs but let me tell you what happens if you watch the game when San Francisco hits a quick pass on him for 15 20 yards or they pop a run with McCaffrey he's going to come back the next play and he's going to blitz branch a safety or he's going to bring a linebacker He's going to do something to try to put the fire out, fire out right away. And sometimes that's the worst thing you can do because now you're setting yourself up for man coverage one-on-one and they and then San Francisco gets the big play on you. So I think talent-wise, 
that San Francisco's got a young team. You know, it kind of reminds me a little bit of that first Super Bowl team we had at Dallas where we weren't, nobody, coaches or players, we weren't thinking about going to the Super Bowl. We were just thinking about who we got next and we're gonna, how are we going to win this game? And then pretty soon we're, we're out there in Pasadena playing for it. And I, I kind of think that, you know, this, this Detroit team is a little bit that way. So I think it's going to be a good game. You know, think about Purdy now. And he is, hey, trust me, San Francisco's offense is top five in every category. We know that. But last week, you say it, you're going to call it like it is. The guy had 10 incompletions. Four of them were over the guy's head, uncatchable. Four of them were in the dirt, okay, uncatchable. And then two of them were kind of misses or drops or whatever you want to call them. So in a game like that, it makes me a little nervous that uh, quarterback misses plays like that. Was it the weather? I don't know. But uh, I, I kind of like Detroit. Was there a coaching matchup? Was there a guy who ever, in that Dan Campbell sort of way, where you always had to be worried about him going for fourth down, whether or not they're going to try a fake punt where you spend the whole week you almost can't just focus on just kind of the snap-by-snap game planning because you got this wild card that's going to be on the other sideline that might just do anything kind of unorthodox at a given moment. You know who was kind of that way? Jerry Glanville. Right. When he was at Atlanta. And, and you see, he was kind of that type of coach where uh, you never knew, you know. And, uh, uh, yes, so uh, – you know, he was type one of those guys and he always had a trick play and you got to the point if you were playing him and I used to tell my offensive coaches, I want to run our trick play before he runs his so that we, uh, you know, usually the team that runs it first, it kind of mentally talks the other team out of doing it. So, but he would be one guy that would come to mind. So the AFC championship game, do you have a pick? I like Baltimore. Hey guys, Baltimore, First of all, you know what's great about this game? Both teams are healthy for the most part. Andrews is coming back, and, yeah, he's not going to be full speed. But I'll tell you what, wherever Mark Andrews lines up, I guarantee you that Spagnola, the defensive coordinator, he's going to have some – he's going he's gonna to draw attention because he's such a great player. And, and we know that, that Lamar, you know, he's not moving out of the pocket to run it like he did two or three years ago. He's legitimately moving out of the pocket and he's making throws down the field. So you got that run pass combination. And then, um, uh, and then defensively guys, I know how good Kansas city is, but everybody thinks of Baltimore and this is important for the listeners. Everybody thinks Baltimore. You think, uh, Oh boy, Wink Martindale, blitz, 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 Ray Lewis, Rex Ryan. Guys, these guys on first and second down, they're 26th in the league in blitzing, and they're just a little higher than on third down. They are a coverage rush four. Now, they may drop a defensive tackle and rush Roquan, or they may drop a defensive end and rush Patrick Queen, but they are a predominantly a four-man rush, and they're, but you don't know where the guys are coming from, and they do a great job of disguise. The best on defense. They're number one in sacks. <clears throat> Excuse me. Number one in interceptions tied. Uh, number one, I think, in takeaways. Uh, you're second, I think, in the league in red zone. They're first in the league in giving up points, 16-some points a game. So they are they're the best team right now in football, in my opinion, and I look for them to win. Now, 
of the four quarterbacks remaining here, I'm going to put words in Danny's mouth that he's probably uttered on the station, but I don't, I don't know if he said it this week or not. But my Go guess ahead. is because Patrick Mahomes is the remaining QB who's won at this point multiple Super Bowls, none of the other QBs that remain have won a Super Bowl, that it's pretty obvious Kansas City it should be the favorite here, but you're not picking the Chiefs. Why, why doesn't it make sense to just say Mahomes is obviously the best QB here, so the Chiefs are going to run away with this thing? You know what? I just did a show with Dan Hampton, and he said just what you said, Ant. And my response is this. Last week, the Chiefs had 43 plays. Don't don't take count the kneel downs. And Pacheco had 15 of them. So what does that – and all of a sudden, everybody's catching the ball. Rice is catching the ball. Kelsey doesn't have any drop. On and on. I think that – they came into the game just like they did the second half of the Super Bowl. And Andy Reid made up his mind that he was going to run the ball, take some pressure off of Mahomes, let his defense play, and let's see how this thing unfolds. That's what they did against Buffalo. Because they didn't have – Buffalo had 20-some more plays. And uh, I think that took a lot of pressure off Mahomes saying, wow, you know, we're moving the ball, we're running it. You know, we're not going to throw it 50 times a game. I'm not going to get – so, you know, everybody starts catching the ball and he gets his confidence. I think we got to watch the game plan. Watch the first quarter and what are the Chiefs going to do? Are they going to say, Patrick Mahomes, you got to win this game? If they do that, it makes me nervous. I, I really like Baltimore. If they come out and they use similar game plan with Pacheco and company – setting up the play action pass, then I think that I think that helps Mahomes. And it helps any quarterback and I think it helps him too. So you then have it as a Ravens and Lions Super Bowl. Uh Dave, we were talking earlier in the week and Jay Gruden was on the show and he talked about the idea of a of a frantic play caller. And I had never I never heard that before. I was thinking is it a guy who abandons the run too early, um, doesn't stay to the pregame plan. I didn't I didn't know, but he said that Shane Waldron was calm and that's what you want. You don't want there to be a frantic or frenetic uh, play caller. Does such a thing exist? What what do you think he means when you talk about that sort of thing? Yeah, a little bit a little bit like I was describing with Aaron Glenn that he's got to be careful that uh, okay. and it can happen that they make a play on you and all of a sudden you're going to go to something else. And, you know, maybe that's something that you haven't practiced as much. And, you know, you give up a big play. And the same thing can happen on offense. I mean, you get – God, I've, I've seen that for years. Offensive coordinators, they get stuffed twice on the run. And we've seen it in Chicago. And that's the end of it. They're going to throw the ball now. And, and, and the response is, we couldn't run it. Well, you know, I mean, to, to me, that's that's what I would call frantic play caller is, is that you abandon ship, you abandon the game plan uh, way too soon, way too soon. Interesting. Have you heard about any of those Bears coaches, those offensive coaches getting gigs? Like, is Luke Ketsey going to get the Raiders job or anything? You know what? I haven't talked to Luke or, or Janoko or any of those guys since uh, since everything happened, whatever that was, a week or two ago. I don't know, but guess what? I got now. You just gave me something to do later. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. You let us know. So it's officially official where Harbaugh is now with the Chargers, and he's going to have access to Justin Herbert as a quarterback. 
do you view that as a as a big missed opportunity for the Bears? I've been on since last night, kind of talking about it from that standpoint. Just a lot of folks feeling like the Bears should have at least given it strong consideration. Now that he's officially back in the league, was this a, a missed opportunity here? I would say no. Um, you know, sometimes coming home is not what it's made out to be, even though Jim's a fantastic coach and he would be very successful here. Matt Everflus, they did the right thing. Keep him Matt Everflus. Matt deserves it. Matt, Matt did a fabulous job turning the defense around and keeping the, the team on, on an improving plane going forward. So I think the Bears did the right decision by keeping Flus, and, uh, you know, we'll see how it plays out. And Yeah, it, it didn't surprise me with Jim. This wasn't about money. You know, I, I've talked to Jim enough, and I'll tell you what, the transfer pool, Jim's not old school, okay? He's a lot younger, but he's come from the – he's come from that school and that he takes so much pride in Michigan, and you, it should be – an it would never say it, but, you know, it, honor the play at Michigan. And we're giving you a scholarship, son, and we're going to give you a fabulous education. And, you know, the NIL stuff and the transfer portal, a guy like Jim Harbaugh that comes with, with a lot of substance about him and a lot of, you know, a lot of school commitment and loyalty, that bothers a guy like him. And I think a little bit like Saban, you know, that, that just uh, uh, it's, it, it's the mo modern day, modern era of college football is tough for a lot of those guys to deal with, you know. What's the plan for championship Sunday down in Naples, Dave? You know what? I'm going to play golf that morning and, uh, and then just hang around at my buddy's house, Big Dave, and uh, we're going to eat and have a couple cocktails and watch the games. Nothing, um, nothing unusual, and then get ready for the shows next week. You know, I, I got to actually pay attention a little bit here and see uh, see how this thing unfolds. Twitch and YouTube wants to see Whitey. Can you get Whitey on camera, please? Come on over here, Whitey. Say hello. <laughs> Dave's got Whitey, the whole crew. What's up, Wendy City? There you go. Wendy. Hey, Whitey. How are you doing? We we good to see you guys. Good to see you. We miss you. Whitey. Hey, Whitey's taking the Steelers. Oh, he didn't, he didn't realize that they weren't in the uh, – I got my Iron City, though. Good. Get him some Iron City mango, Dave. All right, Dave, enjoy Florida. Enjoy the games. We'll talk next week. All right, man. See you. All, All right. That's Dave Wanstead and Whitey down in Florida <laughs> with Brady Quinn because those are the types of things we do around I've here. I've never been so happy to see Whitey. I believe it. I believe it. Yeah. This is a – this is a kind, gentle Whitey. Momentous occasion. Yeah, yeah there's, there's, al there's always one. Casual Big Dave dropping there, too. We haven't seen Big Dave in a while. Uh, it's, he's part of the crew. He's one of Dave's many fall, ga fall guys. He's, he's, he's got, he's <laughs> That's got, his thing? He's surrounded by him? He's surrounded by <laughs> fall guys. And if you haven't met Big Dave, he's literally a bigger version of Dave Wanstead. He came okay. in here one time. He sat in a chair in the studio during the hit, and he put his headphones on inside out. So the, the part with the speakers was facing outward and not inward. He just sat like that the whole time. Yeah, and he blocked my view of the other guys across there because he was such a giant. I couldn't really see past him. Was there a mustache? Fall guy in the crew. Exactly, Chris no, Carter. No mustache, clean shaven. Okay. Yeah, which All was right. which was very disappointing. As it should be. Honestly. Yeah. Uh, I want you to weigh in on something we were talking about earlier in the week, and then we yeah. will go through your uh, Bears research project coming oh, yeah. up right. at uh, 5 o'clock. It's Parkinson Spiegel on the score. My thing was all bangers all the time.
bangers all the time. So when you hear that, and there's only an hour left in the show, be the sixth caller and get in there. There's a Harbaugh connection there. We've been talking Harbaugh the whole show. Michigan had a defensive coordinator who Jim Harbaugh stole from his brother John Harbaugh, Mike McDonald, who was his Michigan defensive coordinator. And then Mike McDonald went back from Michigan to the Baltimore Ravens and will be coaching in the AFC Championship game this weekend. Okay. And Michael McDonald is one of the Duke brothers. There we there go. Yeah, Thanks for bringing it home, big on Danny. Bringing it home for our guy, Danny. Yeah. And I was like, having zero idea what that connection was. Where is the, the most famous Doobie brother? His name is Michael his McDonald. Name Michael McDonald. Right. Yeah. All right. Cool. <laughs> 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 Completely blank stare. Blank stare. <laughs> I was like, All right, I forget that sometimes. This is, this is a fun fact that you're sharing about the Harbaugh. What brothers. does it have to do with my live read I just <laughs> yeah. did? Yeah, I have no idea. You're a professional. Make a connection for us, Aunt. Jeez. All right. Yeah, that makes sense now. Uh, yeah, it's Mike McDonald. We had a lot of fun <laughs> with right. that on Big Ten Th- Radio. Thank you. All right. Well, what did I say we were going to talk? Oh yeah. I keep forgetting. What you were going to talk about. That, that's a Doobie Brothers That's a Doobie lyric. Brothers song? Yes. Mm-hmm. So are these just brothers that smoke a lot of doobies? <laughs> that would be my guess. Is that what it is? Are we just, is it some, pot, some pot smoking brothers? Got to get Speaks on the line. And have is that what the Doobie that. Brothers? Can I get a thumbs up, Ray? I feel like you're enjoying this. <laughs> you, you Are you aware? These I'm going to apologize in advance, and I'm assuming people are probably calling in right now thinking that that's cueing the contest, which that's not the same song that should be cueing the contest. No, it's whatever right? he just played is cueing the contest. I thought Adam was going to jump in with a little karaoke with oh, Michael McDonald I mean, there. That's if I, I knew the words better, I would, but I don't really know Project all for the tomorrow. lyrics. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> and there's more falsetto in the doobies that I'm comfortable with there. I, an octave below would be more my range, but... Man, I, I dig it. Mind That's not a bad idea, though. Why don't you know? You just learn a verse. Okay. Yeah, that'll be the solicitor tomorrow. Yeah, okay. you learn a verse. You, you'll, you'll sing it in the two o'clock hour, okay. and then we will bring it back in the five o'clock hour okay. at some point, and then that can be, get people some tickets. All right, we'll just have you sing it live at some point randomly in the five o'clock hour. I think that's better. Okay, that is probably point of Danny's thoughts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. thought exercises. <laughs> yeah. Just thought exercises. Yeah, yeah, fine. <laughs> That's fine. It's gonna See be if Friday. I can slip it by Danny as a lyric that he has no idea what I'm doing. Yeah, right. make a point with, with uh-huh. the lyric in it. Yeah. yeah. I will warn you, Danny, we are working on uh, having some fellas team up against you in studio at 3, three o'clock tomorrow. Some fellas yeah. team up against me. <laughs> are, we, are we back to Chicago being dangerous? Is, yeah. that, is that what we're back to now? Yeah. What's going to happen tomorrow? I, I, we'll just make it a surprise. <laughs> fellas are going to team up against me. Okay. I mean, if it's a fight, I'm going to lose. No, not a physical fight. No, if, no, 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 no. If it's a sports debate. No, it's not a physical fight. Okay. I would never do that to you. Okay. Well, unless I was really mad. All right, well, sports debate. It takes a uh, lot to get Shane mad. Yeah, they can. Yeah, uh, no. bring, bring them you, all You in. like your chances in a debate. I mean, I'm not going to. Uh, it might be a draw. Probably not going to lose. Okay. All right, we'll bring Haw again. We'll see. I wiped the floor with Haw <laughs> in that debate. Okay. I, I got to listen to that one on the Odyssey app. I, I'm sorry I missed that one live. I'm going to I'm gonna rewind the Odyssey app at some point and hear that. I yeah. got to check it out. I mean, he was just he was yelling at me about the QB1 part. I'm like, we're here to talk about Sammy Sosa. Buddy. Were you in Vegas or what? No, we he was were, yelling at he, you about was, the QB1 well, part? He, he knew that he had lost. He saw the text line. He saw how <laughs> un- unpopular his arguments were, and then he started lashing out like Vegas Haw at the end. That was, he was very Vegas Haw at the end, which is my preferred version. <laughs> right. I of, mean, of David Haw, as we all why know. Why wouldn't it be? Yeah, no, it's better than waking up at four in the morning. <laughs> I mean, that just seems absolutely miserable. Uh-huh.
Oh, God. But, no, I was going to ask you, uh, people keep sending me, uh, when Gabe and I were talking, we were talking about biggest ripoffs in parenting. And oh, you and I okay. have been talking parenting off air mm-hmm. here. Right. What's the biggest ripoff in your six years as a father <sighs> to Bishop? There's nothing where I, where I feel like someone has kind of ripped me off as a as a dad. Um, you're like do you, like a kid expense, yeah. where you're like this is inflate. This is just this is this is greedy. Um, hmm. People gave some great examples. Yeah, I don't know. Give, give me uh, give me a couple of examples that people gave so I can kind of travel sports of like like youth travel yeah, sports. Done that, yeah. uh, kid snips, which is a barbershop in a toy shop. So your kid like you give them a toy for like their first mm. haircut or something for being brave with the haircut, huh. and then all of a sudden the haircut costs you. Sixty dollars, and then it's interesting. and then and then uh, six weeks later they go to get the next haircut, and they expect yeah. a toy now every time they get a haircut. Right. Real rip off those types of places. I suppose. Uh, like I've talked to you guys about the kids club at, at resorts that we've gone to before. We like to travel. We like to bring our son, but for, not for traveling. You don't like to bring him so much that you hang out with him, right? You, not you, the entire time. You, you pawn him off. We, on we the need kids a little club. mom and daddy time when we're taking trips as well. So these kids clubs, where if you go to a certain type of resort, the kids club is a part of the expense, but then there can be things to purchase inside of the kids club mm. then there will be items. The add-ons yes yes the add-ons and then the staff at the kids club and especially if you want to maybe go like have a private dinner for mom and daddy time and you get the person from the kids club who could also come be a babysitter in the room for a certain part of the evening that gets very very expensive and if you had an all-inclusive resort why isn't all included here we're just looking for a little extra you think the care. all-inclusive resort should include full-time child care child care <laughs> that, you know, is that asking too much it is all-inclusive quote-unquote and the child care is not included in that but it's not it's not like anything included <laughs> it's, it's it, <laughs> then they shouldn't be all most inclusive resort food, would be the drink, more accurate way to turn lodging yeah. yeah almost inclusive resort as opposed to all inclusive would be a, a lot more accurate as opposed to just saying all it's, not, it's the, not really all it's not like the spa is included in all inclusive you got to pay for a massage or something yeah. there are add-ons something like the golf's included the parasailing whatever the case may be yeah that's fair. Child care. We had quite a parasailing experience one time, but that had nothing to do what with happened our, with to our it, son. Did you trust uh, trust the wrong person? Well, no. You signed I, one of those waivers. I was completely comfortable. My my wife was not. There was a there was a, a parasailing specialist, I suppose, whoever set in the deal. Oh, up. I'm we sure they were a real didn't, expert. Didn't make my wife feel very safe when we when we did it. So we're in the air the entire time. I'm like, oh, look at this, look at that. Let's take some pictures. And she's just kind of nervously shaking the entire time yeah. because they did not make her feel secure before we went in the air. I believe it. They tell her she was doing too much and that she was not doing enough. Do less, do more. Uh, there, there wasn't as much of that, just as much as like they didn't really tell her about the carabiner, secure and this and that. And like, how are you actually when you get in the air? How are you actually going to be safe when you're up there? She was hoping for more instruction than we got on the way up. Nice reference. Yeah. Thanks for laughing. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah, I got appreciate it. that. Kuna. No problem, man. I'm there to back you up. Don't shake your head. Don't shake it. Don't shake your head. At I us. looked at Tanny right away. I was like, they didn't catch the reference. I got the reference. That's a fun movie. Dude, now, well, now you're not doing anything. Thanks, else. Justin Steele. No. No. Thanks Who is it? Thanks for listening, Shane. Daniel Norris. <laughs> oh, Justin Steele's the drop guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we haven't been able to play that? that drop. That's Daniel Norris. Thank, Thank you, you, Daniel Norris. <laughs> All right. Tan- Thanks, Daniel Norris. <laughs> Tanny's open into Big Ant Heron's research project where he believes he's proven that, I, that I'm wrong about something. You're wrong. Okay. Yes. It's Parker to speak on the score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.